Good morning and welcome to Monday in Manhattan. This is our weekly broadcast from City Administration to keep you in the loop. You can find out more about local government at the city's website, cityofmhk.com. Good morning. Today, or good afternoon, I guess. We usually do this in the morning. I'm all confused. But good afternoon. Today is Monday, April 12th, uh, 2021. And this is the Monday in Manhattan broadcast with folks from the city of Manhattan to kind of keep you informed about what's going on. And today we are focusing again on the strategic planning process because that is really a huge deal around here. And we want to make sure that that the public stays informed, you know, um, what the process is about what stage we're at and um, give you all the tools you need to, to participate. So um, give you a little bit of background. Uh, actually, I think the first background is to introduce ourselves. I always get nervous with this. My name is Vivian. I'm the public information officer for the city of Manhattan. And with me today is Jared Wassinger. I'll let you go ahead and give a brief introduction of yourself if you would. Sure. Thanks, Vivian. I'm, I'm always nervous doing these things, too, so don't worry about that. Even though we've done this uh, probably 100 times now, it's, <laughs> it's still always fun to see my uh, my face when I'm scrolling through Facebook later in the day. But uh, Jared Wassinger, I'm the assistant to the city manager. Um, I've been the project lead on our strategic planning process, Crossroads MHK, working with our consultants as well as our community project committee. Uh, we just wrapped up our first round of engagement, uh, and we're planning for our second round of engagement in May. So in the meantime, we're going to be coming on here to talk to you about our environmental scan document. And Stacia, if you would tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Crossroads MHK. Hello, my name is Stacia Mendoza. I am a student at K-State. I'm one of the two students um, representing the student voice and student population on the strategic plan. Um, so on K-State's campus, I'm involved in government with Student Foundation, um, as well as different organizations within the business school. So um, I've been really excited to get to step up and kind of give that student perspective. Stassi has been an all-star community uh, committee member. She's been, she hosted meeting in a box uh, during the first round of engagement with uh, some students, did a lot of great outreach to get people involved and, and reach that student population. So we're certainly happy to have her on the committee and joining us today. Maybe and I can go in and start sharing my slides. We're, we're, I think we're just going to go through a few slides to maybe tease people that go to the project website, uh, which is engagemhk.org slash crossroads. That's our project website for the strategic plan. And we have a full uh, document that's about, oh, 60 pages long, I believe. And uh, we just have a few of them to show you today to give you a little feel for the information that's on there. This was published back in March, but like I said, in between our first and second rounds of engagement, so we've been really starting to promote this document. It, it was gathered by our uh, planning consultants, uh, Planning Next, who's been working with us with Crossroads MHK. And the environmental scan uh, has multiple purposes uh, of, of why we asked them to do this, but it's really, before we jumped into talking to the public and talking to city staff and the community about the city and what we want to be as a city, we wanted to explore the existing conditions and trends, uh, not only externally out in the public, but internally within our organization to help educate the commission and our city staff and the public. 
And the hope is that it does help uh, inform the creation of the strategic plan, maybe find some areas that we need to focus on and really open up that conversation and dialogue. There's a lot of different topics that we cover in the environmental scan document on our project website. It goes from population, education, housing, land use, transportation. We dive into the city organization as well and all of our employees and the services that we provide as a community as well. Stasi is going to jump in on this first slide, uh, given her uh, relationship with Kansas State as a student and, and understanding the large impact uh, that the university has on the community. Do you want to talk about this one? Yeah. Um, so I think this was one of the slides that was most surprising to me, um, that while our enrollment continues to fall, Manhattan growth. Um, it grows. <laughs> so that is overall a good thing for the city of Manhattan that, you know, despite what enrollment is at K-State, um, the city as a whole is growing. Um, but I think this is definitely something we can focus on in the strategic plan because by nature, if we have more students, um, that will also contribute to growth. And something um, that was talked about in those meeting in a boxes that I hosted um, was whether or not students felt specifically welcomed by the city when they came um, to K-State because we all obviously feel welcomed by the university. We all love the city. Um, I think that's a pretty general consensus among students, but the question is whether or not we feel specifically welcomed by the city. And so I think that's something that the strategic plan may, um, may focus on so that not only are we increasing students, but we're also increasing students staying in Manhattan post-graduation. That's, that's definitely an important topic, especially growing that town-gown relationship. We try and do that with university administration a lot. We, we meet with them regularly, but I think kind of where you, what you were hearing during some of those focus groups is that how does the city get out and reach students, get them involved, let them know about the things and opportunities that are um, available in the city, places to go when you're not on campus. It's definitely important, especially when you're a population of 55,000 and 20,000 of them is that 18 to 24 year old college student who's on campus uh, staying here for four or more years and hopefully we want them to stay forever right um, and, and keep them to stay and have a job here so Kansas State definitely um, important another important uh, anchor you know in the uh, Manhattan and Flint Hills area is Fort Riley you can see there some some staggering numbers when you talk about a population within Fort Riley of 67,000 people that's comprised of not only the military members, but veterans, retirees, family members is another big one. And then civilian employees is another. We have a lot of individuals in Manhattan who commute to work in Fort Riley on a daily basis. Um, we, we did get some information too from Fort Riley about uh, how many of this 67,000 does actually live within city limits. It's about 5% or almost 2,000 of that living within city limits. A lot of them live on base, a lot of them live in uh, Geary and Riley counties, uh, very close to that, but then spread throughout the Flint Hills region. So, and another important uh, economic engine and partner in Manhattan. Um, Manhattan's a young community. Uh, you know, we, we looked at uh, the age distribution in Manhattan. Um, obviously the, th that lower age of 20 to 34 uh, makes up a lot of the population, but what we did find uh, looking at trends was the fastest growing population was that 65 to 74 year old. So we have a lot of people either growing in place or retiring in Manhattan. Uh, and that's something that we need to look at when it comes to infrastructure and sidewalks and mobility and transportation. Diversity is another uh, great one. 
Um, the, the, we're seeing a lot of increase in diversity, African-American, Asian, two or more races, Hispanic, Latinx uh, growing. Uh, th those numbers are increasing. Uh, the university certainly helps that too. Uh, you know, we've looked at those uh, demographics there and, and those certainly uh, help increase those numbers and make us a more diverse community. Housing is a big thing that we've been talking about a lot. Um, you've noticed the conversations at the city commission with the housing advisory board, the half cent sales tax uh, has some dedication to workforce housing. Uh, so we, you know, this environmental scan document looks into the housing makeup. We got about, we're a little bit different than the Kansas uh, average, you know, uh, a lot of small multifamily and large multifamily mixed use to go along with the, the single family dwelling. Affordability of housing is a big topic too that we've been talking about and look to see with uh, the housing study and the housing advisory board conversations we're having with the city commission. But you can see there that median home value is a little bit higher uh, than the, the Kansas median home value. Rent is a little bit on par, um, but you can see those, those gaps and how, how can you address those. We have some information in the environmental scan about the breakdown of the property tax dollar. Um, if you had that median home within Manhattan, within Riley County, uh, $209,000, you'd be paying about $3,500 a year in property taxes. And there's your kind of breakdown of where it goes. 40% or 40 cents of every dollar goes to the school district in USD 383, 27% to Riley County. Um, a small portion goes to the state of Kansas. The city of Manhattan gets 32 cents of that dollar, but a lot of that we are statutorily required to give to Riley County Police Department and the library. So really about 11%, 11% or 11 cents of every tax dollar goes to the city uh, to fund operations. This was an interesting graphic uh, that, that we found that uh, within the environmental scan that I thought was pretty neat just to understand how many people are coming in and out of Manhattan. A majority of people actually commute into Manhattan and, and work here. And then we have a handful who live in here and commute outside of the city to work. So it's not just everyone who lives here works in Manhattan. Uh, they're traveling uh, throughout the Manhattan region. Stasi, did you want to talk about uh, some of these uh, health slides? I know you, you said you were pretty intrigued by these as well. Yeah, um, I think this is good news <laughs> that Riley County is <laughs> pretty a pretty healthy county, um, ranking fifth out of 104 for state health outcomes. And as you can see, kind of on the right side of this slide, um, it kind of talks about how we measured that. Um, so through exercise, nutrition, um, immunizations, um, even just looking at our um, health department throughout COVID and making those vaccines available to students, but to community members has been really great to see. Um, even the fact that um, we rank 92nd for physical environment, so not like top of that, but even having 142 miles of trails within Riley County um, just means that as a, um, as a healthy community, that's just something that we, our city has kind of been designed um, to support. And then going on to Pottawatomie County, um, they're a little bit higher second um, for the state health outcomes. And so I think this was really encouraging to see and something throughout the strategic plan that we really want to keep up. Um, like a lot of um, feedback that was given throughout community outreach meetings was parks and how much people love our parks and how much they wanna keep them up. And I think that is directly linked to having a healthy county when you have um, that accessible outdoor space for people um, to get outside. Yeah. I think healthy communities is, is a big tie to quality of life and those recreation opportunities that you're talking about. So 
I heard a lot of those things too uh, during the public meetings about when they're interacting with the city, it's through parks, trails, recreation programs, which is which leads to a healthy community for sure. I have a couple more slides and then we'll kick it back to you, Vivian, but it's really, we also did a city scan of our organization. Again, this strategic planning process, Crossroads MHK, ties to um, our organization, the services that we provide, the programs that we provide, how th th this makes up how the city is going to spend their dollar, employ uh, the right individuals to run these programs, provide these services. Um, so we do go into a breakdown of our organization. You can see here our organizational chart, which at the top is our Manhattan citizens, of course, because they uh, elect our five uh, city commissioners. And our five city commissioners appoint our city manager, Ron Fear. So the city commission is uh, Ron's boss, and then Ron uh, employs all of us uh, who work for the city. Uh, we have over 400 full and part-time employees uh, running uh, these uh, departments that you can see here from the airport to the zoo. Um, uh, the things that the community probably sees on a daily basis is our parks and recreation, all those services from cemetery, Douglas uh, centers, the new recreation centers coming online, animal shelter, all of our almost 30 parks, and then public works. Uh, a lot of you probably drove to work uh, today or recently have drove around town using that transportation infrastructure, uh, our traffic, streets, sidewalks, uh, bike lanes, and then also everything underneath that that you probably don't see. We have, uh, Vivian, I, you, I think it was 490 miles of, of lanes in the community that we were talking about the other day. And then double that with a water line, uh, sewer line, stormwater lines, uh, all underneath that. So a lot of infrastructure there. And then we really have kind of what makes up our organization. If you think of any other organization, a private company, it is made up of finance departments, human resources, uh, legal services that help our organization run. The, you know, human resources is a big thing. We have over 400 employees, so we need to to manage that personnel accounting uh, within our finance department, all the revenues and expenditures that are going out of a $160 million annual budget. Uh, community development looks at all of the planning and land uses and zoning uh, within our community. Uh, our fire department is another one that you probably see too, uh, but that, that's probably not as unique as a private organization, but a, a large department within our organization that is uh, doing emergency services as well as risk reduction and code services. We do have, this is the last slide I have, but it, it does have a breakdown within our environmental scan. And you can read a lot about some of this uh, later when you go to the project website to check it out. But there are a lot of services that the city doesn't have control over or oversee with the caveat and understanding that some of these services I have listed here, the city doesn't possibly provide funding to. A police program is one that I mentioned earlier, 80%. Uh, we are obligated to fund those operating expenses for the Riley County Police Department. But like other cities, the city manager would be in, uh, oversee and be the boss of the police chief. Uh, but we do not have that. We have a consolidated department, so we don't have a county sheriff's department either. And we have a, a law board, uh, much like the city commission that's elected. This one's appointed by uh, city commissioners and county commissioners with Riley County to oversee that police director. A lot of county services listed there that you can see in Riley County or in Pottawatomie County if you're living in the Blue Township area. They're overseeing 
all of that infrastructure that is outside of city limits, as well as things like elections, appraisal of property. When you're going down to the DMV to get a new driver's license, that's actually not a city building, it's a county building. A lot of the health department, the pandemic was managed by Riley County for the most part with the extent of, of our emergency operations center uh, where the city helped out. But then a lot of other services I have listed over here I like the public library, um, all of our schools, you know, those are just things that are that are outside of the, the city's control, but definitely partnering with them in, in many ways. So that was all, probably a lot to digest, um, but there's much more to digest on our uh, city website. If you want to take a look and go to that, it's um, engagemhk.org slash crossroads. And then at the bottom, there's an actually an environmental scan activity going on right now until our next round of public engagement where folks can read it, provide comments, ideas, questions uh, that can help uh, inform the plan. Thanks so much, Jared. That's, that is a lot of information and only a small slice of, yeah. of what was put together to, to tell the story of our community. And kind of um, what I understand is the purpose of this is to let us know kind of where we are so we, know, so we can kind of plan where we wanna go in the future. And a lot of folks have spent a lot of time and effort, including Stasia, like a, a student finding the time to be part of something like this is truly amazing. I'm so, so grateful that you, that you're part of this process. One thing that people kind of want to know, um, I'm sure, especially the folks who've invested so much, is what's going to happen next. As we compile this background information, we take information from the public about what they want to see in terms of change and growth and programs and how they want the community to look when we get to that point where okay we have a report we have all of this data and information that tells us who we are and where we want to go what happens next that's a great question vivian uh i think the the first thing to tune into is going to be april 20th we're going to have a uh, meeting with our city commission during our legislative meeting. It'll be a discussion item that'll be led by our planning consultants planning next, but they're going to take all of this input, everything that uh, I've talked about and Stasi has talked about today in the environmental scan, as well as the 50 other slides that we didn't cover that's on the project website. Then we're going to look into that first round of public engagement. We, uh, we engaged about, we're still running the numbers, but over a thousand people participated in the first round of public engagement, which is great to see. All of those individuals putting input into the process about the things that they wanna see, the goals and visions that they have for the city, um, whether it was the online survey that was available throughout the entire time. We had almost 150 people attend our virtual public meetings. Um, we hosted meeting, meetings in a box, our committee did, and we went out to the, to the public to ask them the same questions. All that's getting getting put into a database that Planning Next is compiling, aggregating, analyzing. And at that April 20th meeting, they're going to take all that and they're going to tell it to the city commission so that they can see it. We also have a community project, uh, community meeting um, on Thursday night that we're going to do the same. And they're also going to take the opportunity to take a shot at some draft statements, draft mission statements, draft vision looking at common themes and goals, and they're going to show that to uh, the city commission, our community project committee, uh, the public, and our second round of engagement, and ask them, okay, this is what we heard. Did we get it right? Did we explain this in the right way? Does this capture what um, you all were saying? And those are going to be drafts, and we're going to tweak them and get reactions from the public, and that's 
what we're going to do in our second round of public engagement in May. Uh, we have uh, we're eyeing May 6th as a, it's a Thursday. It's going to be kind of an all day event where we're going to try and go out to the public and reach them through. Uh, we're going to, you know, pop up on the Kansas State University campus and Bosco Plaza. We're hoping to do an event downtown where people can come see all of these things and react to them and provide that feedback as well as do a we're looking at a public meeting um, in Weevil Pavilion and City Park uh, for people to come and, and gather. Also looking at some more virtual opportunities uh, if people aren't you know, ready to possibly go out in the, to, to the public. But then we're gonna keep compiling that and then come back and really start defining those recommendations, prioritizing the uh, action items that are gonna come from the strategic plan and then keep getting feedback until hopefully this summer, when we um, can adopt uh, that strategic plan with the city commission. Jared, you mentioned some, some more engagement opportunities on May 6th. Just to let you guys know, if you didn't write that down, we're gonna be um, pushing that information out when we get all the details finalized and we're gonna try to make it fun. I know we're, you know, we get excited about city government, but not everybody does. So we're gonna try to make them fun and give you a chance to, to share your voice, share your vision for the community. Um, and you mentioned kind of that first round of public engagement that took place at the end of March. I'm curious, since you guys both helped facilitate some of those meetings, what are some of the things that you heard? And Stassi, if you want to get started, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, um, so it was really great, especially since I'm not originally from Manhattan. I've been coming here since birth, so I've seen it grow. Um, but just to hear, um, and listen from people who have been here their whole lives was just a really cool opportunity in general. Something that was a really specific thing I heard a lot was a pool, which is something that's been brought up a lot, which I didn't realize there was not an indoor pool here. Like there's people like where I'm gonna teach my um, kids to swim now that the natatorium is um, kind of going under construction, probably eventually being shut down. Um, so that's specifically like we had talked about earlier, a lot of the recreation stuff um, with parks was something that people love um, already. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was interesting um, was recycling was another big thing that people said they wanted um, within the city was more um, opportunities or um, just to have a chance to recycle with something just um, so we have a green city. Um, and then I think the final thing that we heard a lot about um, was housing and affordable housing. And unfortunately, as college students, we definitely are one of the main reasons why um, just sometimes um, those houses aren't as great because college kids can't afford as much. And so sometimes we'll live in not as nice of houses, but when you're trying to get a family, a place to live, it's definitely needs to be a higher standard um, than for four 20 year olds. Um, so that was something that was really cool to listen to just because that's not something I always think about because um, I just think of living with my friends, but the housing market in general is definitely um, highly um, affected by um, the student population. And so then kind of figuring out how to overcome that and have more affordable housing for everyone um, was something that was cool to hear about. Yeah, and we, we want the 20 year olds to have nice places to live too. <laughs> that's true. We yeah. appreciate nicer places as well. <laughs> Yeah, I heard a lot of that too. I heard a lot of uh, talk about uh, mobility, uh, addressing things like sidewalks, bike lanes, um, maintaining infrastructure was a big thing too. Just you know, you know, increasing the quality of infrastructure that we do currently have throughout the community and, and getting that quality of life there. Recreation was a big thing uh, that I heard. Um, 
geez, I, I just, there was a lot of good information that came and Stassi and I know we were just taking notes uh, during those breakout sessions as much as we could and bullet point after bullet point of information. So we're really, I was really encouraged from the first round of engagement. Uh, I, I was, I sat through all four of those virtual meetings and, and conducted breakout sessions. And we have a very um, in tune uh, community that cares about Manhattan and wants to see it succeed. Uh, I, I heard a lot of the just the uniqueness of Manhattan and, and maintaining that as well. You know, we have the small town feel, but we have a lot of great amenities. Kansas State's at one, Aggieville, just so many uh, perks and, and cool entertainment options in Manhattan too that we want to grow on on that unique character of our community. So I think Planning Next is going to do a good job capturing all of that information. I don't envy uh, them, and that's why we work with or we're working with them to do this and taking the thousands of inputs and putting them into that database and compiling uh, what we heard. It'll, I'll be interested to hear uh, what they say on April 20th during the city commission meeting. And, you know, we understanding that, yes, this represents a huge amount of work and a lot of uh, a pretty big ask from people in the community trying to get their perspective on things. This is far from a one and done kind of scenario. This is what what I understand is kind of the beginning of a continual process to reach out to the community, ask what they're what they want to see in their community, make sure the city is being held accountable. Kind of we we course correct again and again and again as you know new people move into the community. Some people move out. Are we still the community that you want to see and why? And what what do we need more of? What do we need less of? So all of these things. This is just getting the wheels turning for this, this really long-term process. And there will be lots more opportunities for people to get involved. Like Jared said, we've got, we've got meetings coming up to talk about the results of these initial scans and studies. There will be more online surveys. Isn't that right, Jared? Do we have we got more surveys coming up that you can find on that um, um, engagemhk.org website. Go ahead. During, during the second round of engagement, you know, we're, we're going to try and do that May 6th uh, all day event, but we're not going to be able to catch everyone during that day. So we're going to replicate all the questions that we're asking them and put that into a survey on the project website. So again, anybody can participate in the planning process at their own pace uh, on the project website. And we are in some ways asking you to trust us that we're we're going to take care of this information. We're going to act on it. We're going to represent you, um, and your your time and effort will not be wasted. So, yep, we really want people to trust the process. You know, we've we've never done this before, the city of Manhattan. So I guess that's hard to ask you to trust me when I uh, tell you that we've never done something before. But that's why we're working with Planning Next. They have done uh, strategic plans, and, and that's why we selected Planning Next. You know, there were thirteen firms across the country that applied uh, to help us out. And we had a selection committee of city staff and city commissioners and planning next went to the top because they've worked with college towns. They worked with towns uh, with military installations near them. They've done the strategic planning process before. Uh, they, they did a, a couple of times during the pandemic. Actually, they had to switch uh, gear and start doing a lot of things virtually, but you know they have the experience in helping facilitate this process. So we're looking to the public to, to trust the process and, and, and participate and engage. And then Vivian, just like you said, this isn't a kind of one and done, we adopt a plan and it sits on a shelf. 
uh, annually, we need to be asking the public, uh, here's the strategic plan, here's what we've done in the last year. Did we get it right? Uh, what, what did we not do? What do we need to continue to work on? In a couple of years after we adopt it, we need to go through this process again and re-engage the public. Trends and opinions change over time. We need to make sure that we're in sync with our community. And also we have a, um, a comment on Facebook kind of wanting us to make sure that we're listening to the voices of people who aren't typically heard as well, who aren't who aren't always engaged in the process, don't necessarily know how to do that. So we we have made effort to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, the 35 members of the community committee wrote down this long list of all the organizations they are committed to reaching, all the new voices that they're committed to hearing. So we're hoping, you know, um, even people who don't don't typically participate or who feel disenfranchised have the opportunity to, to share their voice and have that voice be heard. So thank you for bringing up. That's a very important point um, to our, our Facebook commenter. As one final thought, Stasia, I want to ask you um, how this experience has been for you. Like, have, What are some of the rewards that you've been able to reap from this process or what have you learned? Um, yeah, it's been really rewarding so far. Um, first of all, help me decide my career. I think I want to do urban planning because I've actually loved this process so much. I love getting um, to talk to other people. Um, it's been a really great lesson in listening um, because like this isn't something I'm the expert in at all. I've been chosen to give um, the, vo the voice to just a very small population of Manhattan. And so getting to hear um, so much about a city that I love so much, but don't know everything about um, has been extremely rewarding. Um, and I just have really enjoyed the process. I think it's been really great. Um, it's been cool to hear all the diverse perspectives from our committee, um, because every single Thursday when we log on, um, you never know what you're gonna hear. And it's been really awesome to see um, how much people care about this place, um, whether that be, uh, my professors who I see at our um, community outreach meetings, um, students that I reach out to to do meetings in a boxes with, um, or I was even doing um, a job shadow with a town, um, with um, a company in town. And they're like, oh, I saw you on the community input thing. And then gave me some advice and things that they thought about Manhattan. And so just seeing how eager everyone is to speak up um, because that's essential to the success of this plan is having people speak up and say their opinions. Um, and so I think that's my favorite thing is just getting a chance to listen to all of that. Thank you, that's wonderful. And congratulations on finding a career. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> um, we'll, and I wish we'll, you the we'll best of luck with that. With, we'll get you in touch with Chad and Eric and John, Samantha and the planning department if you have okay. questions. <laughs> Definitely. So, well, um, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for, for joining us to share information to the community. Thanks to everybody who's uh, watching. We'll be coming back quite often with more information about the strategic planning process. And there are lots of ways that you can become more informed. Um, first of all, by visiting the Crossroads MHK website at engagemhk.org slash crossroads. And there's a link in the comments. So um, we will be back again next week with a new topic and we'll, we'll see everybody then. So have a good week. Thank you so much.